Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. I am your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I've got a super fun guest with me here today. Michelle Nedelik and I met by accident, but also through a couple of random introductions very shortly thereafter, because people found out who we are, what we each do, and went, oh, you two need to meet each other. A little bit about Michelle. She is an international best-selling author, and she's an expert in entrepreneurly entrepreneurly. Oh my gosh. That's a fun word to say. Entrepreneurial. She's an expert in entrepreneurials. (laughs) There we go. In entrepreneurs. (laughs) And she's the founder of Awareness Strategies. She's run her own series of companies for over 22 years and for over 15 years has been helping managers and executives to continually double their profits and revenues. She not only has what it takes to help her clients build million-dollar businesses, but she does it time and time again. Michelle particularly loves to talk about marketing automation, systems integration, and support both on and off of the stage. She teaches the key components of business, strategy, systems, support, and state of mind so that you know how to continually elevate all four components to build a healthy, thriving business. For the past six years, she's been focusing on helping entrepreneurs bring their businesses online from conceptualization to done-for-you IT automation. And the one thing she didn't mention in here is a podcast that she's getting ready to release now, and it's called The Little Blue Pill of Business. Did I get that right? Little blue pill for business. For business. Dang it. So close. See, guys, (laughs) you don't have to be perfect to be a podcaster. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So so tell us about the podcast. Give everybody what the tagline is because they're going to love it. Oh, well, it is the little blue pill for business. It's all about getting it up and keeping it up. And of course, we're talking profits and revenue. And it's all about the six inches between your ears. So we're going to have some of the hottest people in the industry who are blowing and going, and you're going to get to talk to them so that you can get in on the action too. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you've added to it since the last time we talked, and I love it so much. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to laugh so hard in this episode. And please remember, this podcast is explicit, so keep the little kids. This is for adults only. Yes, this is for grown-up ears only today, because I'm telling you, the innuendo will fly, no doubt about it. So, Michelle, you're in the digital marketing space, and as you know, my audience, my listener, is in direct sales, typically a woman, typically a mom, right? So, working in the direct sales industry. So, what should direct salespeople know about digital marketing and some of the things that you do with your more, quote-unquote, traditional business clients? Great question. So there's a few fundamentals that I found in business that 
I'll say, let's back up the bus a bit. So from when I first started in business, I was 23 years old and my partner at the time said, go to the BDC and talk to them. We need to sign up for loan. And, uh, okay, I am so not qualified to do this, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so I went into the office and he's going, so what do you expect your projected profits to be? I'm like, I have no idea. I've never been in business before. And he goes, well, what do you think they're going to be? I said, well, then I'm just guessing. He goes, yeah. Really? (laughs) So a half million dollar loan on me guessing what our profits are going to be? He goes, well, you should have some idea, like how many people buy phones and, you know, how many people are going to buy phones and, you know, how many people buy stereos and it was an electronic store. Okay. And I really, I had no freaking clue because I hadn't gone through their numbers. I hadn't done anything. My partner bought the business with <laughs> sight unseen. So we had no idea what it was. And when I realized, hey, I'm just making this up as I go, you know, there's pros and cons to that. But I find that had I <laughs> actually found somebody that actually knew how to run a business, somebody that had some you know, business sense to them, it probably would have been a lot easier to just to go, Okay, so if I sold a phone a week, would that be reasonable? And if I do that times 52 weeks in the year, what is that number? You know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just a little bit of kind of common sense in the business world, if you will. And you can't have common sense in an arena that you've never been in before. So <laughs> part of it was I was blaming myself for you know, being an idiot and not knowing what this stuff was. But I mean, it was ridiculous to think that I would have possibly known at 23, how to do my profitability and, and all of the odd things that they were asking. I still don't have the vocabulary for a business person, but I know how to do it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, it's so funny because you don't have to know all the vocabulary as long as you're doing the action, making the sales, you know, taking care of all of the things, right? Doesn't matter if you have the vocabulary (laughs) because we're not at the part where we have to be legal about it, right? We're not, we're not the CPA. We're not the accountant. We're not the lawyer. We're not the loan officer. So it doesn't matter, right? And in fact, if I knew one thing back then that I didn't know now is that it's all about enthusiasm, the person with the most enthusiasm wins. And as long as you're excited about what it is that you're doing, somebody will buy. Like it's, it's inevitable. That sounds exactly true, both for sex and for business. <laughs> so That is true too. I mean, seriously, the most, most enthusiastic person, I mean, hello, look at the difference between porn stars and others, right? Well, you know, and on that note, what drives me crazy about most women is that they don't get that men really just want to have sex. And Mm -hmm. it's like, as soon as you get that and you understand it, then you don't have to be all coy of, oh, does my ass look fat in this? Oh, my boobs are flat. Oh, they're sagging. Oh, I have bags under my eyes. I'm having a bad hair day. Like, Mm -hmm. so what? They so don't care. They so don't care. All they want to know is, when do I get to eat the cookie and life is grand? (laughs) And in business, it's exactly the same thing. People just want to get excited. They want to feel connected with you. They want to get off being around you. And the question is, how do you do that without having it be an uncomfortable conversation? So as soon as you're comfortable in your own skin, you know what you offer and you know who you want to offer it to, it becomes a much more enticing conversation on both sides. Amen to that. Let me tell you, because the the more confident I got in my own direct sales business, the easier it became. And then all of a sudden I had people asking me or, or saying something along the lines of, well, of course you do well at sales. You're you. And I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't me six years ago. <laughs> well, exactly. This, this version of me didn't exist. Exactly. And the cool part to me, so I have a bit of background in, in kind of mindset and things like that. 
And most people go, yeah, but you don't get confident until you're competent. And that's completely not true. You have to be competent at something so that you can feel confident. So if you're confident in being your ability to tie your shoes, so you go, can I tie my shoes? Yes, I can totally tie my shoes. Well, go ahead and tie your shoes now. Tying my shoes. Great. How does it feel? Well, I feel competent. Okay, that feeling right there mm-hmm. is your confidence in your aptitude or your ability to be confident. So when you do that, you know what that feeling is. So if you could describe where it is in your body and if there was a, a temperature to it, if there was a weight to it, if it was a size, if it was a shape, what size and shape of that feeling of confidence being knowing that you know how to tie your shoes. Sounds kind of ridiculous, but try with me. So mm-hmm. when you think about tying your shoes, are you pretty confident that you can tie your shoes? Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. And when you feel that confidence, where do you feel it in your body? Now, you may not be familiar with feeling feelings in your body, and that's okay. Go to something that you don't feel confident in. Do you think that you could wrangle a tiger if there was one in front of you right now? No. (laughs) Okay. So you know what a no feeling feels like. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference when you go back to tying your shoes and you feel that confidence? What changed in your body? Well, for me, it was with the confidence of the shoe tying, it, mm-hmm. it came from my heart space. The, mm-hmm. the tiger part came from my belly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. Awesome. If, we're, if we're literally going to body spaces. So yeah. the confidence came from, from heart space and, and it was just, yeah. Nice. Okay. So if there was a size, a shape, or a color to that space feeling, what color, shape, or size might it be? I'm going to say red, which everyone listening is probably freaking the fuck out right now because they probably all thought for sure it was purple. But when I thought about that, it was it was red. Nice. Okay. And so I want you to feel that red feeling in your heart space. Is there anything else about it? Is it moving? Is it still? Is it light? Is it heavy? It kind of expanded, started in the center and expanded out as I thought about tying my shoes because it's like, <laughs> yeah, I learned that when I was like, what, five? <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know? So now... A listener is going to go in and they're going to think, okay, now when I think about talking to somebody about my business, you're going to go through this, but I'm going to run it through you with the tiger because we started there. So we're going to finish there. Sure. So now put yourself in front of a tiger Mm -hmm. and I want you to feel that space in your heart, that beautiful red feeling and feeling it expand. Wow. And what do you notice about how you feel about the tiger now? It was less fear. Mm-hmm. And more, uh, I'm going to figure this out. Nice. Right? Which is what confidence is. So yeah. you don't have to be competent at the thing. You have to be confident. And confidence is always confidence. That feeling is always that feeling. And you are in control of your feelings. You can muster up any feeling you want whenever you want. So whether it's going in front of a room of networkers, whether it's going in front of a group of strangers that you don't know, whether or not it's going in front of a board of directors, whether it's going in front of a CEO of a company, you can pull that up anytime you want. And you muster that up and you go, okay, I am confident. And in that confidence, then you can be enthusiastic about the thing that you do know about. And if they ask you questions that you don't know about, you just go, hey, that's a great question. I don't know, but I'll find out. There you go. God, I love it. Fuck, that's powerful. <laughs> and then... I'm telling you, it is awesome. If somebody had told me back then that that's all I needed to do is get in touch with that feeling every time I went to do something that I was scared of doing, (laughs) I'd have been fearless. It would have been awesome. 
uh, yeah, seriously, it just it just the thought of doing that because because one of the things I've been working my way through this year is my book and it, writing my book and it's it's my first time ever writing a book and so I've been struggling with the fact that well I've never done this before and there's the fear of how is it going to be received and da 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 right all those things and now I'm just like. I'm going to go at it from my heart space. <laughs> nice. Because I know, I know, I know my stuff. Like there, there's no mm -hmm. doubt. I know my shit, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I wouldn't still be in business as a direct sales coach and expert and trainer if if I didn't know my shit three years in, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's just a matter of I'm just not feeling comfortable. It wasn't feeling comfortable or confident with my ability to put that into words because I'm so used to just speaking it into existence. So it's just a matter of getting it down on paper, right? So God, yeah. that's bloody freaking brilliant. So I, I, I love that. I really hope the listener attaches themselves to that idea of whatever part of their business that they're struggling with. And most people who come to me are struggling with either their sales or their sponsoring or a little of both and potentially their leadership. They don't feel confident in one of those three or two of the three or maybe all three of those areas. <laughs> Right. Yes. And that's why they're seeking out a coach, or at least once they get introduced to me, are like, yes, hallelujah, you're you're the answer to my prayers. Right. And that confidence, that's that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. And realize that no matter where you are, you're always going to be afraid of something. I mean, it's part of human nature and it's just part of the spectrum of emotions. You can't get rid of, you know, half of the spectrum of emotions, or it's like saying you're never going to feel yellow again or you're never going to see blue again like why would you do that to yourself it right. is absolutely a natural and awesome part of being human and it's in the tendering of finding these the fears and overcoming those fears that you get to find new and better fears <laughs> to have like yeah. fears of tigers and you know i said to somebody it's, it's really nice to be able to go into a room of people that you would be intimidated by or that i would be intimidated by and and feeling completely different about it. And they're going, but you are so rock star confident. I'm like, well, I don't know. I've never met Bill Gates before. I've never met Howard Stern. I don't know how I'm going to react in front of these people. I may be gobsmacked and sit there and drool on myself. And <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. Right. right? But, so we all have to draw on these things when the time is right. And the more we can do that, the bigger and bigger our comfort zone becomes. And the easier and easier it is for us to be able to do the simple building blocks that make up a business, which is going out, talking to people, asking them questions, listening to their answers, finding out whether or not you're fit. Okay. Holy shit. All right. What I pulled out of that was <laughs> the bigger, no, this is awesome. No, seriously, guys, I, I, I really hope you guys are listening into this. Make sure you go back and listen to this again. What I pulled from that, and of course, what I pulled from it is probably not what the listener pulled from it, but what, what stood out to me in that statement was your comfort zone gets bigger and bigger. And how often, I can't even tell you how often in direct sales, we hear from our mentors, leaders, trainers, whatever, everything you want is outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Everything's out, Everything that you want is outside of your comfort zone. Well, I think they're assuming that everybody's comfort zone stays really small because I'm like, you know what? Some of the things I want is not outside my comfort zone. Like the idea of going and speaking in front of a, a direct sales company conference doesn't scare me, mm -hmm. right? What does scare me is the fact that it won't happen and that there's going to be all these people who are never going to have access to what I have to share with them, right? Mm -hmm. But I, this assumption that our comfort zone is small and that it doesn't grow, Oh, absolutely grows. Absolutely. So the whole point of setting goals is to 
find those things outside of your comfort zone that you want and then start to open up your comfort zone in that area and in that arena. And as I tell my clients, the more often you do this and the more goals you set, eventually things like, well, you know, I want to run a marathon, but I don't have a clue how. I want to earn a million dollars, but I don't have a clue how. I want to earn a hundred thousand. I don't have a clue how. I want to talk <laughs> to this person over there, but I don't have a clue how. Well, awesome. That's a great goal because you don't know how. You know it's a goal when you don't know how to do it. If you already know how to do it, then it's a task. Now, the day will come when those goals become tasks. So for me, the idea of making another $100,000 in my business is a task. And it's not going to get me out of my comfort zone at all because all I'm doing is more of the same. Whereas to be able to do something that I've never done before, then now that's a goal. And now I'm going to go out and I'm going to do the thing. And just like a marathon racer, eventually it just becomes a task to, oh yeah, I have a marathon tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm going to be running next week. Oh yeah, I'm going to, because that's what they do. Yeah. They're, they're now in their comfort zone. And that's okay. Celebrate that victory when you get there, but then recognize when you're starting to go, okay, so I've done enough marathons. This isn't a thing anymore. And I'm not saying you have to be a complete freak and go after everything, but right. to understand and challenge yourself, maybe it's going after a triathlon or maybe it's going after a, uh, an ultra marathon, anything right. that is something beyond where you're at right now so that you don't become stagnant. And you don't have to do that in every area of your life. Of course, again, you don't want to go insane, but it's just to be able to identify the difference between what a task is and what a goal is. And on that note, the difference between a short-term goal and a long-term goal. Because when you have long-term goals, your income will go up, I don't want to say exponentially, but equally. If all of your goals are Friday, you're broke. If your goals are, by the end of this year, I want to create X, you're probably in about the seventy dollars to $100,000 range. If your goals are 20-year goals, now you're working up to millionaire status. And I'm not talking about 20 years from now, I want to go for a beer on Friday. I'm talking about <laughs> if I start right now, I may have a hope in hell of achieving this in 20 years. Those kind of goals are what will get you to the higher income status. And again, I totally get stay-at-home moms that want to create some bandwidth, some what my mom used to call lipstick money, which was a lot of lipstick money. But um, to be able to do that, is just understanding what your long-term goals are. So for your kids, your long-term goals are, when my kid hits 80, I want them to have a life like this. And not many parents think about what their kids are going to be like when they're in their 80s. Yeah. Holy shit. God, this is this is like one of my favorite interviews ever. I'm just saying. Nice. Oh my God. So many freaking nuggets. I'm so sorry to all the people who I've interviewed before <laughs> if you're listening to this and hearing me say that. Um, I still jealous. love you. I love you. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's there have been so many freaking nuggets in all of this that I, you know, it's amazing to me because one of the things I've said over and over again for years now when it comes to direct sales, direct sales is a self-improvement, self-development plan that just happens to have a commission paycheck with it. Absolutely. Right. And so one of the reasons I started this podcast was so that I could partially be someone who could share some of my information, knowledge, what I know in a fun, inventive, creative way with people. Right. Mm -hmm. But then also be able to introduce them to, uh, to other direct sales leaders, 
representatives, consultants who've had a, a modicum or a crap ton of success uh, in direct sales to share what they've done and how they've gotten there. And then there's people like you who go, oh, apparently the universe said the reason that you're going to have them on the podcast so you can learn. And by golly, everyone else just gets the benefit of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love this. This, I mean, this information is just phenomenal. So, you know, I said in the introduction that you do work with people. Your favorite things are obviously, you said strategy, system, support, and state of mind. So we've hit some of the state of mind as a direct salesperson, so I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever been in that world, but what are some systems that people should begin thinking about to help automate their business? Because so many people rely on social media and themselves. When I know there's so much more out there that probably I don't even know about. So what kind of systems can people be setting up to help automate their business? So there are... There are all sorts of networking systems. So if your major means of attracting people into your business is to go to networking events, there are systems of being able to talk to people where it's not a, hey, do you want to buy my thing? Hey, do you want to sign up with <laughs> my, for my company? It's more of a, a, it's a sales system of being able to attract people, get their attention and hook them in. It's things that are interesting to them. So I don't mean a, that it's a hooky, kitschy thing. I mean that you're sincerely finding something about them that hooks them into the conversation and they want to talk to you more. Mm. And it may be that you notice their confidence. It may be that you notice that they're a good shopper. It may be that you notice that they have awesome shoes. It may be that whatever the case is. And then kind of turning the conversation so that it becomes more about them than it is about you so that you're finding out whether or not this person is actually a good fit for you or not. And and being able to entice them. So sales systems are huge. Most of the time, there are good sales systems in the network marketing side because that's what they're doing. They're going, hey, this worked for me, you go do this. Mm -hmm. And then go and do exactly that. Um, and the automation side, most of them have their websites, their lead gen, their marketing things that are set up for them. If you're with a company that's not doing that for you, then that can be an issue, but usually they have things in place so that they do it. I would say that the most important part in network marketing is definitely the state of mind and the, the sales systems that they use and that they're using them and making sure that it's, that it's enticing to the other person, that it's not a pitch. Amen pitch marketing is over. Oh my then. God. Yeah, <laughs> so no, <done>. definitely. <laughs> I mean, we all hear it time and again, right? Nobody likes to be sold but everybody likes to buy. Exactly. Right? So mm -hmm. if you're pitching, that means you are selling. But if you want to help someone make an educated buying decision, right, then having the conversation, just like Michelle said, and, and getting to know who they are, connecting with them in a way that they know that you've been listening when you ask your questions and you're listening to their answers, to be able to connect with them and connect them to the solution that you may have to one of their problems, right? And understanding, you know, also asking their prioritization level of how intensely do they want to solve this problem? Mm-hmm that you solve, right? So if if you can't get through that that conversation, that connection, and then being able to identify that they do they even have the problem that you solve, right? Because most people go, well, everybody needs my product. Bullshit. 
you think everybody needs the, your product. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? I want everybody to want, need my product. <laughs> right? Everybody could use your product. Yes, in theory. It's not like most people's products are, are that difficult to use or purchase, right? Or get a hold of, right? So what's the difference? Well, the difference is, is you and how you support the people who you work with, right? So, you know, going through and have, being able to have that conversation, understanding not everybody wants or needs your product right now. It's not their top of mind problem, right? So it's how do you, how do you work with them to continue to build that relationship so that when they do go, you know what, I am finally ready to get healthy, lose weight, you know, get my hair looking gorgeous, get my skin looking fabulous, whatever it may be that you have, you've got to work that relationship so that when they do decide, you know what, I'm there, they're going to think of you because you weren't pushing, 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 pushing. You were just building relationship, building relationship, building relationship such that now they're like, okay, cool. I like this person because all things being equal, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. All things not being equal, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, it's an interesting conundrum there, right? But again, business is not a sprint. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, the fact that you've been in business for over 22 years, you know, obviously it's not a sprint. <laughs> no, if you plan on doing it for the rest of your life, <laughs> probably don't want to go that road. Right. It's not healthy. Exactly. No. And I think that, you know, so many people, they just want the sale now, want the sale now, want the sale now. Understood. And probably only between three and 6% of people ever have your top of mind problem top of mind right now in this moment like and they're seeking someone to to fix that problem with them right so how do you then get through to the other 60 to 75 percent who probably have the problem but it's not top of mind mm -hmm. right and the only way you can do that is make it top of mind and right by doing that the only way you're going to do that is to get through their defenses and into their happy place <laughs> or, their, or their emotional soft spot, which sometimes can be an uncomfortable conversation, depending on what you're selling and how you're getting there yeah. and be willing to have those conversations. And it's okay if in the end they say no, but you've created a connection and they like you more for it. And if nothing else, they'll start trying to find people for you because they're like, wow, I really like that person. I really want to give them something. Mm -hmm. I have no idea who it is, but I'm totally going to find, <laughs> try to find somebody for them. Exactly. Right. Because, you know, once you've built that relationship and pe again, people like you, they go, well, I don't, I don't need what you what you offer, but you know what my sister does or, you know, whatever it's, it's things like you're exactly right. I think people will then if they say no, they go, well, let me give you someone else instead, <laughs> right? If they like you enough, that's what's going to happen. If you've built enough relationship, that, that is what's going to happen. I see it happen time and again, where I get introductions to people who go, wow, you're really great and really fantastic. And I'm at the top of my game. I don't feel like I need you, but <laughs> I'd really like it if you talk to someone on my team. Or I don't mm -hmm. think I need you, but I know this other leader who has been struggling with her upline and could really use some support somehow, some way, and you just might be the answer, right? So I know that I am not everybody's coach, but the people who do want me and need me will find their way to me through the people who decide that I am trustworthy and going to take care of them. Absolutely. And by the way, if you need a sales system, then you need to be talking to Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the first one. And then get out of your head and go, I would never say that to somebody. Okay, why not? 
let's start going through it and yep. digging out this stuff. And this is where all of the fun stuff starts happening in business. It's not about, okay, I just got to go and do this. It's how do you feel about doing that? And are you okay doing that? And if you're okay doing that, great, go do it and do it some more. Yep. But when you don't feel like doing it, you got to go and talk to somebody like Jenny and make sure that all of the stuff that you may have learned as a child is actually being held against you and you need to move forward and break through that, which then brings us full circle to getting out of your comfort zone and doing things you've never done before so that you can get things that you've never had before. Yeah. And expand that comfort zone. So it becomes <laughs> something within your comfort zone, right? Exactly. I seriously just love that concept. That is fucking phenomenal. I love it. Oh my nice. gosh. Well, I think Michelle, I'm going to have to have you come back. I'm going to have to have you come back because this is just, there's so much, and I know there's so much more we didn't even get to talk about with what you do and what you offer for people. But before we go, you do have a wonderful, awesome opportunity for people to, to get in touch with you and a little freebie for them. You want to talk about that? I do. And in fact, I'm, I'm going to throw a uh, 160 or something like that. Because our conversation has been much more mindset today, I do have a free download for you. If you Ooh. go to business ownership mindset, businessownershipmindset.com, you can go and get a digital copy of my book called Business Ownership Mindset. And it's all about understanding the evolution from consumer up to entrepreneur and what kind of mindset changes you need to make in order to become successful as an entrepreneur, and then eventually as business owner, if that's where you choose to go. Oh my God. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's pleasure. even better what you told me you were going to give because this is <laughs> fabulous. I'm not even kidding you because one of the, the biggest struggles that I have in working with my clients is shifting them because so many people, 90, 95 to 96% of people in the world are in risk avoidance mode. So the few people who are willing to take a risk on a direct sales business are often coming not from another entrepreneurial space or coming from another business owner space, they're coming from an employee space. Mm -hmm. And many times they are in employee situations where they are, they're not in the business of running a business. Mm -hmm. They show up, they clock in, they do what they're supposed to do. They clock out, they get paid. That's it. Mm -hmm. Right. And running a business and having that entrepreneur mindset versus employee mindset is a very different thing. Shifting from, well, oh God, I, I don't know if I can spend that on my business. Well, if you don't spend it on your business, it's going to go whole, a whole hell of a lot of nowhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So an entrepreneur goes, well, you know what? Sometimes I just got to take a shot and maybe spending X, Y, or Z investing in my business is where I need to go because it's spending versus investing. Absolutely. One of the oh. biggest errors I find in that, uh, you guys love the book, by the way, and it'll also <laughs> help, especially if somebody has like a nine to five job and then they're trying to be an entrepreneur after hours, that is the hardest position to put oneself into because you have to literally change your mindset <laughs> at mm -hmm. the end of the day and go into entrepreneurial mode. So here's the biggest thing I see is that as an entrepreneur or as an employee, you have to do what your boss tells you to do and do it to the best of their ability, not yours, theirs. And yep. by waiting for that kind of instruction, what entrepreneurs will then tend to do with that same person then shifts and goes into entrepreneurial mode, they'll go and che check their email and go, what do I have to do? And they're waiting for their clients to tell them what to do. 
<laughs> yes. And that will kill you. You will not do anything in your business and you will be broke longer with that mentality than any other one. And to be able to get out of that, you have to start your day and go, okay, what do I want to create right now? And that might be in the next year, it might be in the next month, it might be in the next three hours, that's okay. But when you focus on what do you want to create, then you go and do it. That is a totally different mindset than checking your emails and seeing what clients want what and what emergencies there are and what alligators are biting. It's a complete 180. I, I love it. Oh my God. So you guys got to go to businessownershipmindset.com and download her free ebook by the same name. Is that right, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Yes, All right. it is. Business Ownership Mindset book. And imagine having access to this brilliant fucking mind right in your phone or your Kindle or your laptop, however you're going to read this, this awesome We'll just book. snuggle into bed together and it'll be awesome. I know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm going to be going and downloading it myself now because... <laughs> Awesome. I need to have access to this. This is this is amazing because I've seriously, I mean, I've been in business for, for 10 years and you'd think m most of this would be like, duh. But you know, it's so funny. You don't know what you don't know. You don't think about what you don't think about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's ridiculous to think you would. It's like all of, if all of a sudden you decided, hey, I want to speak Russian. Does that mean you're just going to naturally be good at it because you've decided that that's what you're going to do? Oh, no, <laughs> you know. you've never been exposed to it in your life. Why would you know it? And it's common sense to them. Yeah, they live all their life. Of course, they know how to say it, right? right. It's, it's the exact same thing. Business is not necessarily common sense. There is things in business that are business common sense, but you really got to start wrapping your head around it first and give yourself the leniency to be able to do that. Absolutely. And just, you know, again, keeping in mind that this is a marathon. And what do you do when you're in a marathon? You train and train and train. And you read books, you listen to podcasts, you take online courses, you do what you can. Like, if, and you if have you, lots and lots of hot tubs. <laughs> yeah. And there's so, so many options out there for you to keep training and training and training and training and understanding and learning in different areas of your business. And, and getting into that business ownership mindset is key. It's key because the people who can never get there, those are the ones who I see are in and out of the business in three months, six months, nine months a year because they just, they they don't want to switch or they don't choose to switch, right? Because it's they just don't know too scary. To right. Yeah. Right. I used to be super jealous of people that lived in rich families because I knew that the the seeds of wealth, if you were, were given at the dinner table. Mm. It's like you can't have that conversation when you're not in a rich family. When you're raised by employees, you have employee conversations. I mean, yeah, I can be a really great employee, but I can't be a really great entrepreneur without those little tidbits of something, something. And it's it's not necessarily the huge kind of monumental ones of, you know, do you understand business acumen and the words? It's not about that. It's about the little things like, hey, you don't quit until you're done because, you know, five feet after you quit, that's the finish line. Yeah. And it's just like those little things you go, oh man, I wish I'd known that. So many times, God, I wish I'd known that one. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this knowledge with my listener today and with me, frankly. I mean, if nobody else listens to this, at least I'm going to take this <laughs> and run with it right. if we're going to go with nice. that. Okay. Although I don't run. Y'all know if you see me running, it's because something's chasing me. 
but seriously, it, it, this has been just a phenomenal conversation. And I would love to have you back because I, I think that there's a lot that you have to, to offer in a lot of different ways that will make this a lot of fun for people. Nice. Absolutely. I would love to. Yay. And now when is your podcast coming out? It's in August? Yes. August 11th. The Little Blue Pill for Business. The Little Blue Pill for Business on August 11th. Make sure you set a reminder on your phone to go look for it in your favorite podcast app because we all know you listen to podcasts because hello, you're here. (laughs) (laughs) We got you. Yeah, go listen to The Little Blue Pill of Business because also, guess what? I'm going to be on it, y'all. And it is fun. We had so much fun talking and that's why I had to, had to, had to, had to have Michelle here. So I really appreciate your time, Michelle. And um, we're going to get you booked for another time uh, later on when we can get some more of these awesome, amazing, golden covered nuggets of, of business awesomeness. The golden shower of business awesomeness. <laughs> amen to that most people would say no except in this case they're going to be like yep cover me baby (laughs) exactly (laughs) give me that whole shower all right well thank you so much michelle i really appreciate your time and listener make sure you stay tuned for the next badass episode it's coming right up thanks for listening to the badass direct sales mastery podcast with your direct sales dom jenny bellinger Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.